Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, the Lord ordered him to be sold. Together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. The same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly God, as we have heard your word, may we find ourselves in your story. As we breathe you in and breathe you out, may we remember your abundant love. Amen. Friends, I am the biggest sucker for love stories. I mean the biggest. Jane Eyre, Great Gatsby, Now Voyager, Thin Man. I could go on and on of all my favorite movies and stories. 
I suppose it makes sense as my mom has a publishing business that republishes malt shop romance fiction from the 1930s and 40s, with the primary plotline being young teenagers falling in love, falling out of love, and journeying together with their closest of friends. When anyone tells me their story, their love story, I really, truly want to burst. I mean it. My heart feels so full. Many of you have shared some of these stories with me. Some of my favorite love stories are not those of the romantic type, but are love stories about family, friendship, favorite places, cities, and works of art. The way I have heard folks describe any of these relationships makes you wonder how we can capture that, how we can seize that sense of love and throw it out into a hurting world. In our three-week sermon series, we are exploring how we are called to know, love, and serve God and one another. Last week, Daniel spoke about how we know God through the faces of one another. We are fully known when we are listened to, cared for, and cherished. This week, if it wasn't already abundantly clear, we are looking at how we are called to love God and one another. I once had a teacher who described the Bible as a love letter from God. While I think this is absolutely true, I feel there's even more to the equation. You see, we are in fact right smack dab in the middle of one great love story. We are invited to see ourselves in this love story with God. To see ourselves as not only the receivers of it, but also the givers, both the loved and the loving. Now I say all of this after hearing a scripture that doesn't give me a Casablanca kind of love story vibe. We don't necessarily get an extra forgiving or even kind tone at the end of our story, but it is still part of this love story. What is your love story with God about How would you tell your love story with God and your community? I would love to tell you one interpretation of our great love story that C.S. Lewis tells us. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what God is doing. God is getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you were not surprised. But presently, God starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense at all. What on earth is God up to? The explanation is that God is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a pretty decent little cottage. But God is building a palace. God's own self intends to come 
and live in it. God calls us to a different way of life, even completely different lives, bodies, and experiences than we could have ever have imagined. Often it is not only God that can change our lives completely, but the circumstances around us that can turn our stories upside down and can cause us not to want to release the hurt and not turn to love. While it is difficult to hear this threat in our scripture that God will not forgive, this is where we have to look at the bigger message of this story and the Bible. If we listen to what Jesus is saying with this forgiving 77 times, or as some translations say, 70 times seven times, we are hearing this radical forgiveness. This unlimited grace that only God can give. God asks us not to harbor hate in our hearts, which is difficult if something has hurt us terribly. It is hard not to be angry when tragedies happen. I know that this week has been difficult for so many of us as we witness an awful part of Libya's story with over 11,000 people tragically dying from the floods and another 10,000 or more lost. As we cry out to God at times, we do not even have the words to voice our anguish. God tells us to often do the hardest thing, and that is to love and to love abundantly. An invitation to be a part of God's great love story and to share this love even when it seems impossible, even especially during tragedy. What we get from this parable is that forgiveness is definitely not easy. And if forgiveness is a significant form of loving and being loved, then we have to recognize that loving is sometimes the most dangerous, but the best thing we can do. Jesus calls us to stop keeping count. He asks Peter and us to stop being tit-for-tat kind of people, but instead graciously forgive and love people. Not to forgive and forget, not to stop holding each other accountable, but to do so in love. To radically forgive, and as one of my favorite expressions go, throw love around like confetti. Jesus calls us to do this because we have the honor that each of us has been thrown into this weird, wild, and wonderful story. And we don't necessarily know where it might be going next. We see the enslaved servant in our story does not know, nor the king either. In Greek, this forgiving that Peter speaks about and Jesus tells in this parable is from the word aphiami. While aphiami certainly means to forgive, it also has another equally important quality. It means to leave or to let go. 
to leave alone the thing that someone has done that just drives us out of our mind and to let it be. While we don't want to forget completely as this is still part of our story, it is still in us. We are still called to release the thing that hurts us and to choose love, to love God and others instead of holding on to that same old hurt over and over. One theologian explains it well that according to our story, forgiveness does not flow to us if it doesn't flow through us. How would you tell of this flowing love and your love story with God and your community? Even in a difficult-to-hear relationship between the king and the enslaved servant, this forgiving act calls us to look at the bigger picture, the broader message of forgiving, the release, and the story of God's abundant love for us. These acts of forgiveness play a significant role in our story. If we didn't choose to forgive, if our friends, families, neighbors, or Jesus didn't choose to forgive, our great love story would look wildly different. Our internal home would look very different if we didn't let God's love story in and allow ourselves to release all that hurt. In the words of C.S. Lewis, you thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but God is building a palace. This is what love is, what releasing our hurt is. Sometimes it rocks our whole life and makes us question how we have been loving others all along. Love is bigger than we could have ever imagined when we are being written into God's great love story. Love is putting your heart on the line. But it also tells God's story, which includes all of those whom we are called to love, even through all of our challenges and trage tragedies. We are invited to love God and all of those written into this story. Now, it only seems fitting that I tell you a version of this story with all this talk of stories. Consider, as I tell you from my perspective this story, how you will tell yours. You see... Love chose to create the moon, stars, and our world only for us to squander it as the story unfurled. We took for granted the beauty of this astounding gift. Love would be ignored as brother killed brother and we began to drift. Although hope was lost, <coughs> excuse me, as we were now blood-stained, love chose to forgive and flourished, called and remained. Humans fought creating a world void of love, 
but it was a new season of love with a rainbow's beauty hanging from above. After Noah was called to sail and drift across the waters, Abraham too heard love and would father children, sons and daughters. Jacob wrestled love's own self in hope of a blessing. Joseph was blessed with a coat of colors, interpreted dreams, and continued professing. Love, or I am who I am, appeared as a bush on fire. Even amidst the trauma, living was not quite so dire. A voice cried, let my people go. Oh, please let my people go. During plagues, love showed up and new lives they would sow. Love divided the sea and they walked with love hanging over as a cloud. The people followed as love remained their heavenly shroud. Samuel and others were called by love to speak. Love forgave David as he wrote, his true beloved he did seek. To witness Saul and other kings rise and fall as humanity sinned, love came again and heeded the faithful call. Prophets continued to rise, prophesy, and lament. But there was hope, they said. Love would soon conjure a new advent. Love's own self would soon born. Love walked this earth. We were given a new life, hope, an entirely new birth. Love grew up and on the mount, soon began to teach and preach. Love said, forgive 70 times 7, and peace will be within reach. Love was too soon swept away and killed by us, the angry, unforgiving crowd. Love died, in fact, crucified. Soon, love's own self would be covered in a shroud. Our hearts cried over love's broken body, but we remembered he knew. We turned back and saw the last breath that love drew and darkness grew. The ground began to have a horrible shake. I was scared. I never remembered such a powerful quake. But soon all was silent. Even after the curtain was torn in two, all was so quiet. I looked and I saw that the sky soon turned blue. But something amazing happened, for in the bleakness our beloved love rose. And soon love was among us again and no longer in our heart's shadows. Love forgave me, you, all of us, 70 times seven. We will all one day be called to love's heaven. Love continues on. I see it, my friends, do you? I see it in the pews, in the narthex, in not one building, but two. 
I see it in your stories, in our classrooms, in the care for our community. May we continue to know, love, and serve love and each other in unity. Will you choose to be a part of this, to forgive and tell of love's glory? For indeed, we are all a part of this old sacred story. As we forgive, as we listen to love's sweet voice, may we hear it. In the name of love, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe. Or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.